Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. I am Maine. And I'm Josh. And we're back with the Grappling Rewind Podcast, fueled by hatred and coffee. This week on the podcast, we're going to be discussing the IBJJF Nogi Worlds 2017. So on to news. We've just finished watching the Worlds 2017 Nogi for IBJJF. My eyes are bleeding. It was, uh, I think I've been awake, and in the last 36 hours, I've probably watched 10 plus hours of jujitsu. It's a lot of jujitsu to watch. It's a lot of notes to take, Josh. <laughs> I don't think we realized how uh, many divisions there how are. much work this was going to be to do a really shitty podcast. We also uh, we decided to do this podcast on Sunday night, and the Worlds finished about three hours ago. Actually, the brown belts are still going now, yeah, but the black going. belts have finished about three hours ago, so we've had to take notes, get everything sorted together, and get to my house to record this bitch. And hate text each other. Like, God, I don't want to talk to you right now about jujitsu. Can we not talk about jujitsu? Yeah. Can you send me a picture of flowers? That would be nice. I trained with Josh in the morning. We talked about jujitsu. We watched the AJ Agas arm, right? I I'm getting sat there. there in my underwear. In our gym. Watching AJ Agas arm versus Lachlan Giles. And Maine just sat right next to me and was like, what's going on? Oh, okay. And we sat there, and then we both were like, we should watch this on better screens. We should go home and that be with too. our families. Take shower, you know, that kind of stuff. But we'll get to that later. On to news. So we're going to touch on it. Kyle Terra wins the Worlds. We'll touch on the match. We'll break down the match. Uh, he announced on Instagram after he retired that, after he retired, after he won the Worlds, that he had retired. Uh, I'm still not sure that he's fully retired. He said, this is my last Nogi Worlds. Yeah, it was he didn't a little say, weird. This is my last jujitsu competition. He said it's and a even new then, chapter. Is what he said. Even then, those motherfuckers lie all the time. They're like, "I'm never competing again." And then you'll see him in Masters. Divisions. Hodger, Hodger. Uh, no. First of all, I'm not talking bad about that guy. That guy no. will fuck me up. He will. Uh, he 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 can say whatever the hell he wants to say. He's retired and then competes the next day. I'm not bothering. I'll watch him. He's like, "You still retired, aren't you? Cool. You yeah. never unretired, didn't you?" Mr. There we Gracie. go. Yeah. Uh, In other news, <laughs> ACBJJ has signed a lot of guys recently. A lot of guys. And big name guys. Mikey Musumeci, Keenan Cornelius. Raleigh Westima. Well, he was always a commentator, so it's kind of, it's probably really easy to be like, hey, come compete for us. Yeah, they seem to sign, I think they signed him as a competitor, not as a commentator, I think is what the, the announcement was. I actually didn't look to see if they, if he said that or not. But I assume they signed him as a competitor. They're picking up a lot of guys. They're paying people. So you know a lot of jujitsu guys are going to go that way. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. The The way to watch it is it sucks on their website. It sucks. The YouTube stream is usually pretty good, though. It's all right. Uh, the commentary for the last event, ACB, AC, I can't say it ACBJJ? J9. Um, was really odd. I'm not sure if you had the problem, Just where it was out of like one ear and sounded really far away. Was that no? Because I don't normally listen to things on headphones either. Ah, okay, yeah. So. so on the headphones, it was like in my right ear, and sounded like it was through like a wall. And I'm not sure if they had some sort of audio issue because I know they didn't actually get the commentary until like midway through the first round of the first match. So that was a little weird, but you know, things happen. I'm not going to complain. It's more jujitsu. Well, granted, it's more jujitsu that you have to watch and commentate on and break down and break down. Uh, it's still. It's more jujitsu. It's getting more eyes on it. You don't have to pay for it, which is awesome. good. 
we will we will get into that a little bit later when we start ranting about worlds. But hey, they're signing all these dudes. All these dudes are coming over. I like the rule set too. They have a really interesting. I like rule the set. rounds, the way the round break down. But again, it's keeping some of these guys that were thinking about going into MMA in jujitsu that much longer, which is cool for me because so I would watch most of these guys that. do what they do well and not have to punchy kicky their punch way to a choke. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is, and you see guys, uh, you see some world champion guys floating into the UFC and Bellator, and they have mixed results. And really, I just want to see them grab somebody's lapel and choke them unconscious. So hopefully, this will help keep them in that uh, in that mind frame and not in the punchy kicky, as Maine calls it, uh, frame of mind. And we're going to shout out Junior Acasio. Uh, he is applied for EBI. 15, the featherweights. It would be awesome. Uh, they normally stack a couple of 10th Planet guys on those. So, I mean, we can get a few more Unity guys. We can get a bunch of Henzo guys. Whatever. I don't care. Throw them on there. We talked about it last week. He was impressive. He was in there. Let's see the skills. Let's see him More. at 145 because he was at 55 in Kasai. Yeah, let's see him at 55, 45. 45. Uh, this, will, this will have um, Geo on it as well as Eddie Cummings. Eddie Cummings. And who knows, probably another qualifier, which that video will come out eventually from 10th Planet. I don't, I don't care. Let's more, more jujitsu. So let's get him on cards. His performance in Kasai made me want to see him more. Hopefully it makes you want to see him more. So again, shout out to Junie. Hopefully he gets on that card. Listen to us, Eddie Bravo. Put him on the card. So kicking off our breakdowns of the IBJJF Nogi Worlds 2017 out of Anaheim, California. Anaheim. They kept saying Anaheim, so I'm going to say it's Anaheim. Yeah, where it always is. Is it? No, I thought it was in Long Beach. Isn't that where the world's at? Mondial's were? Long Beach. Josh, I don't know California. I've been there once Walter's, to LAX. Walter's Pyramid, Long Beach, California. If I'm not mistaken. You're probably not mistaken, Josh. I'm a homer. I haven't really... Well, Moving on to the ultra heavyweight yeah. division. We Cyborg. saw Cyborg versus Adam... Sacknoff, which they could not say Sacknoff. Yeah, the commentary was pronouncing Sachnoff. his name in a bunch of different ways. We've seen him great. on EBI before. He's a 10th planet black belt. This was the quarterfinals, right, Josh? Or this sem- was semi- the semi- semis. Semifinals. This was the semis. And this showed the difference in levels of black belt. Like, big time. Yeah, Sacknoff's not a bad black belt. And Cyborg, Cyborg put out an instructional... Cyborg made him look like a bad black belt. He put out an instructional DVD on how to rack up points on in IBJJF. Now, that might be DVD extras on Leandro Lowe's DVD. Because that, that guy's the king of racking up points. Like, 45 to nothing. Shit like that. But Cyborg was literally playing. They kept on zooming in on his face while he was smiling and laughing and, like and talking to his corner and stuff. Yeah. Sacknoff had nothing, nothing. Yeah, so you pressure other passed. than he didn't get submitted, which I'm not even sure cyborg wanted to do. He didn't really look like he was going for the sub. No, he kind of looked like he, I think at the end of the match, he was up 25 to zero and he kind of went, I'm going to ride it out. And he, at, at the end he was going to neon belly into North South. He passed back up. He would get the Mount. he, 
just kept going and just kept racking up points and Zakhanov just didn't really have an answer because it seemed like Cyborg had a speed advantage on him too. Cyborg so he- just didn't care. Zakhanov would regard and Cyborg would wait the three seconds it would take for and pass again for the position to be established and then he would just pass again and go to another position. Although he would jump off and then jump back on into certain positions and expect points. It's like, you, you know, that's not how it works. He was doing a really good job when he was passing of really crushing the knees down and just... He just did what he wanted. It yeah. was... I think it was a joke to him. I, I, I can't say for sure. He was very friendly uh, about the whole thing and shook his hand, but he just looked like... He was messing around. Yeah. So that was that match. The Joao, yeah, I can't say the name. Joao? Joao. Gabriel. Joao Gabriel. Versus Jared Dopp. I can get that one, Josh. Hey. Hey, how about that? So I'm not sure. I missed a couple of the quarterfinals and before that. Did Jared Dopp's ankle get? I I honestly can't remember because my day one experience was, was not very happy when it came to flow and quarterfinals or anything like that. Yeah, we'll talk on that a little later. We'll we'll move on to that later. But a lot of stuff was missed out of anger with the website or just not being there at the time to watch it. But it seemed to be moving fine, but it was it was super taped up. Yeah, but Gabriel later in the the day had that weird tape job on his arm. So oh yeah, that was weird too. Who knows? Could be try to psych him out, try to get him to take the ankle, but he didn't. You know. So the match starts. Dop's ankle looks messed up. Uh, Gabriel just sits and there's no contact, or it didn't look like there was contact, and they didn't do penalty points, which was a little weird. Um, until he Dop gets into the guard, and then the stream buffers. Good old stream buffering, and here comes Zhao Gabriel with six points. So yeah, so the stream comes back magic on. Magic fucking happened, and uh, Gabriel's up six po- six to zero. And I went, okay, I hope they show the replay. Actually, it was nice. They at the end of the match, they did show the replay uh, where the points happened. So according to Maine, by the way, because he was watching this match at this point, I was trying to watch it while I was in the Apple Store helping my wife get her phone fixed. So I'm trying to watch on my phone. They kept kicking me off of Wi-Fi. And I'm a cheap bastard. I'm not using up all my data. But Maine's microwave apparently was interfering with his Wi-Fi, which was the reason why I kept buffering and jumping in between matches. I don't know if that's true or not, but every time (laughs) we would turn on the microwave, it would buffer the match. So it could have been the stream. It could have been my microwave leaking and giving me cancer, but Mm. I'm not sure. Uh, This is an interesting thing happened during this match. Um, Gabriel cut his foot. I don't really know how. Uh, medics came out, Them taped that shit up. Toenails. And um, then a couple minutes later, like a minute later, there was another weird injury stoppage where the commentators were calling it a stinger. Basically, it looks like Dop had went for a shot and then he had like jammed his arm Ugh. on the hip or something. And like I they got our, they got injury stoppage on that. Uh, they kind of, the Just medics came that over and like touched his arm and went, you know, made him squeeze the fingers like, are you dying? And he's like, no. <laughs> And Again, then, um, shout out to that dude for being a PhD student and still competing at the highest level. Good yeah. on you. But yeah, you get one of those stingers, just some yank on your arm. It might be out of socket and then it'll go back in. Whatever. You know, you're trying to get into the finals and, and put more more accomplishments behind your name. So fuck it. Go hard. Go yeah. hard in the paint. So Gabriel's up 6.60 and um, they're standing now. And Dop goes, fuck it, and jumps a flying triangle. 
and actually locks it up pretty well. He goes over with his right hand and grabs his own shin. They come down. Uh, Gabriel basically passes out of it, and then time runs out. Time runs out, and Gabriel wins 6-0 over Jared Dopp. So in the finals, it was Cyborg versus Yao Gabriel, and there was about seven minutes of hand fighting in this match. Uh, eventually, Cyborg has two ads, and they each have one penalty for an activity. For being fucking boring. And uh, eventually, basically, Cyborg, you know, wins on the ads, and he wins the division. So Cyborg is now the ultra heavyweight 2017 Nogi World Champion for IBJJF. Yeah, uh, I hate when that happens. I hate when they, they go around playing handsy and running in circles, and they don't get penalized quicker because of it. That's one thing I honestly wish that they would take uh, some a page of the IJF's rules, where IJF is super aggressive with stalling and like backing up, and even I think Greco has the same really aggressive stalling rules. Yeah, but if you step forward for a couple of seconds, it sort of erases the backwards movement. I don't know. I think they need a better thing to enforce stalling and to to force activity on the feet because there was a number of matches in the final, in the world finals today, like Nogi 2017 world finals finals, where you had guys that were just inactive on the feet or doing like, like touching each other's hands and just not getting anything going and not starting to get anything going on the feet. So that was one of those, one of these matches, not saying it's a bad match, just didn't really have a whole lot of commentary to provide on it it was seven minutes of hand fighting and cyber wins on an ad these are the things we're going to discuss a little bit after going over some of these matches again gripes and things that we think would make it better or worse uh, depending on how you're looking at it so moving on to the super heavy we had lucas barbosa versus elliot kelly hulk yep uh the elliot kelly match was actually interesting basically it was a kimura victory and the way that it was set up is Hulk basically grabbed the Kimura to use it to pass the guard, gets past, jumps, turns the corner, and gets on that you know really standard Kimura position where his thighs are over the head and just rips it. What was great about body. the match, I think, was the commentary building up Elliot Kelly's wrestling ability. And he has a, a gritty, hard nose. Like he's, he's got good wrestling. We didn't see it. Uh, Barbosa from the start came in super aggressive and weirdly herky-jerky and would just grab for things and try to run people out of bounds, and then he got the takedown. That's where it started before he went for that pass to get to get the uh, Kimura. And, you know, he wasn't a huge, huge name, Barbosa. You know, even a couple of years ago, you heard about him a little bit when he was in Copa Podio doing That's his thing over there. the first time you hear about him. When he was a brown belt. But, you know, he's really coming out on his own and making a name for himself. So, And he usually doesn't compete at super heavy. He's usually at, um, I think he's usually at... Medium. Medium, medium heavy. Yeah. He, uh, I think they wanted to take team points, uh, Atos did, because Hinger's normally at medium heavy, Keenan's at medium heavy, Barbosa's at medium heavy. So you have all these guys stacked up in medium heavy, Two guys are gonna not have a chance to become world champ, right? So, and Atos, I think Galvao and Keenan have done that before too. I think Keenan moved, or no, Galvao moved up. Uh, I don't think Galvao cares where he goes and wait as long as it's not down. Yeah. So, so Atos has done it before, so that kind of explains. And the commentary staff talked about this, you know, repeatedly. Yeah, 
Going to the next match, Joao Assis versus Aaron Tex Johnson. It's just an EBI the other week. Uh, they took away his heel hooks, so... And his reaping. Yep, not allowed to do that, so that's that, that changed up the game a little bit. A, a little bit, Josh. A little bit? A little bit. You gotta know the rules. The guys, you know... I understand, but you you have no heel... <laughs> Again, there's stuff we're gonna touch on later. Yeah. Uh, no heel hooks in no gi and no reaping is kind of... It makes a lot of things a lot different, and I don't necessarily think it's a good thing. Unless you're competing at Naga, you can't do heel hooks in anything that's not the advanced division in no-gi stuff. So. And, the world, and I think Black Belt World Champion Finals match is probably an advanced division, Josh. Hey, Just it's, saying. It's, they don't like it. They don't, uh, want, obviously, they don't want knee injuries. The legs are fire. The legs are lava, Josh. <laughs> lava. So, under this match, um, Assis, how do you say his name, Josh? Joao? No, the other one. Assis. Assis. Joao Assis. Okay. Assis. Um... Assis I mean, is what up. are you going to call him? Ass is? Like, no, it's I Assis. just want to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly because that's been a <laughs> historic problem on this podcast, Josh. It is. So Assis is up 2-0 in the guard. Um, Johnson can't really sub or sweep from the guard, and Joao's not doing much, really, to pass. Johnson keeps kind of framing away his face to make space to get the sweep going. At one point, there's a scramble in the guard and back up to the feet um, and out, and Joao uses a headlock to attempt to pass with 30 seconds and get stuck in the knee shield. That's the way some of these matches go. I mean, you have guys that sort of cancel. It's not a blowout. It's not like Assis just murked Johnson the entire time and Johnson couldn't really do anything. He's he's a black belt. He's out of unity. He trains with Marillo. He trains with the Meows. He's probably got a... He's got bones as a big guy to train with. Sometimes these things happen where you just... One person's game cancels out the other and you hang out and somebody goes up on points or by ads or whatever. And that's where it goes because you can't, you have jujitsu canceling each other out. So that's that match finished on to the next match. Lucas Barbosa versus Joao again. Um, this is again, we have some gripes with the commentary and not the commentary with the broadcast. And this was one thing that was routinely weird is they have everyone's name listed as like first name last name but on the broadcast they use the full brazilian name and so it's always first name dot some name that's not listed it's like their actual last name it's like not listed it's anywhere the, else they the brazilians have a bunch of names they have four names and but so or more they only display on the broadcast the first initial and then one last name which a lot of times isn't what you're used to calling them and what the commentary staff calls them, or anyone calls them. It's like, just show me the whole name. Like, write the whole name out there. How so about if can... you know these guys go by a certain name, put it there as that. I understand the IBJJF has your full name and has everything on there. You know, I'm listed with my entire name. First full name, middle name, last name. So that's how it's all listed out. So they're going to put it in as how they have it in their system. Because, you know... That's the smartest thing to do to for them apparently, and I'm not. A, and it's all listed on the scoreboard, but I think from the scoreboard, whoever's working at Flow putting all that stuff up is like, I'm just going to take the first one and just run with it. Yeah, that was a weird thing too. If you see, if you see the scoreboards, if you see the scoreboards, let me speak there. It has the full name, like the full all four names listed on the big board there. But for the broadcast, they just show. A section of name. At least give me the two names. If you're, give if me a you're, first name and a last name. If you're a jiu-jitsu guy, you know what these guys' names are for the most part. Yeah, but it's hard to become so, a jiu-jitsu guy if you have to do the extra legwork. No, no, no. I'm talking about names. the 
the people putting up the little score and points and time and everything for flow. Like you, you know this. Come on, yeah. Come on, don't don't put up eighteen different names. Just put up Joao Assis. They're like, oh no, but that's not his last name. It's you know whatever flapjacks and it's like why why does it say j flapjacks it's like that that's not j flapjacks that's not the name he uses jsc's come on yeah step up your game so that was interesting the other thing that kind of bothered me was a lot of times especially for not at the finals matches but for like the quarterfinals or like the tertiary what are the before quarters round of of 16 round something like that yeah the round of eight if you're looking at guys that you're not as familiar with trying to figure out uh they don't list like the red and the uh green guy they just have two names up there and you have to figure out with no commentary and no other information who is who you're you're griping about things that we're not supposed to be talking about until later good point josh so on to the finals match here yeah on to the finals match guess what uh hulk did a takedown a goddamn takedown he was a takedown machine all weekend long barbosa tries for that uh throw by and Assis grabs the foot and keeps the pass from happening. So, yeah, Barbosa just push, 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 and he gets by and gets a fucking north-south choke. Locks it in super quick, too. The man's got muscles. Muscles. Yeah. It was really cool to watch him, the way he switches the hips and then turns. He, like, leaves a very small amount of space to make the hand transition and the arm transition over, but he keeps pressure with, like, his shoulder still when he does that it's a really interesting transition and he goes from side control to the north south choke in a split second and then he not immediately gets it gets the tap but very shortly after gets the tap and it's tight i i don't want to be on the receiving end of his body falling on top of me when he passes it doesn't look pleasant uh, not to say that he's not a pleasant guy i got to share a locker room with him once uh a fight to win when i was way fatter and he was just having a grand old time singing and doing bottle flip with Andre Galvao and enjoying themselves. So, seems like a nice guy. Not a nice guy on the mats when it comes to just the way he comes at you. Yep, so Hulk wins. Super heavyweight world champion, Nogi. 2017. So, onto the heavyweight finals, we have, give me the name, Josh. Roberto Torobas versus... Arlando Marita. Team Lloyd Irving versus Checkman. Lloyd Irvin, not Irving. I'm used Irvin. to the gas station. Irvin. This was uh, another match where there was some issues with the Stop it. Broadcast. Don't talk about the bad stuff. Not yet. It was like two minutes of information we couldn't see. Uh, There's a stalling penalty we couldn't see. They finally got the timer working, um, and they paused for a while. <laughs> Because I don't think someone started the clock because the ref was super confused. Like, it's, what happened? Sometimes it can be a shit show. A beautiful, yeah. beautiful shit show. Uh, again, as we look at notes, I love when it, it autocorrects things. So apparently Roberto Torobas's name is now Torrance. Torobas, you know, going for the knee cut and hits with an, another penalty. So you're at two penalties, which means everybody gets their own ad. It still it evens out. The commentary, you know, uh, Tyler Bishop and Sean Williams commentary. They're bored. They they stop talking. They're they're fading. It's it's a long day. You know, and there's a lady yelling. <laughs> 
It was yeah. This it was, was very interesting. There was a woman uh, I think that was for Torbass who was like directly behind the commentary team on the mat because this is the main mat. And the commentary staff is right there, and you can hear her very clearly on the broadcast yelling instructions to Toro Bass. But it's not like really great instructions. It's just like pressure, pressure, <laughs> cut the knee. You're like, yeah, things we know. It's like when I coach someone, I just give terrible advice. That's yeah. kind of what it sounds like. I just yell yes, obvious information. Yes, that's good. Mm-hmm. Great. Do a takedown. Good. Like that. Yeah, kind of like that, Josh. <laughs> Except, yeah. Anyway, this is really one that you don't. If you watched it, you don't have to watch it again. If you if you haven't watched it, you you don't have to. It was a long, arduous match. Not a lot of stuff happened. Went to ref's decision. Toro Boss thought he won, but he did not. Uh, Marita wins, and that's really all we have to say about that. So moving on to the medium heavy division. Uh, back in day one, uh, a gentleman named Charles Negromonte defeated Craig Jones, and everyone was kind of, you know, what their minds were blown because yeah. they thought he was going to win everything. And not saying Craig is a good competitor. No heel hooks. You can't. You stuff, it's a little different. He um, lost a, a match seven nothing. You know, you can't complain about that. Yeah, Negromonte's uh, a Hodger Gracie black belt. He's instructor at Hodger's Academy in London. Yep, and it was him versus Marillo. Again, it's difficult to watch uh, the Nogi Worlds on your phone in the mall. <laughs> and the, the reception in there is spotty. So I uh, missed Keenan, who's somebody I enjoy watching compete. I missed Marillo Santana, who is somebody I also enjoy watching compete. But I did get to watch the finals. Uh, Marillo... Triangled Kit Dale. He beat Negromonte to make his way to the finals versus Keenan, who rear naked choked everybody uh, in the absolutes before he got knocked out. But he was he was on fire. He did mention that he was going to debut a, a new technique I don't this know weekend. If he did that? I don't know if he did that either. Yeah. If they did, please please let me know. Shoot yeah, us please. an email at the grappling rewind gmail.com. It's actually grappling rewind, not the grappling rewind. Well, you know what I'm talking about. We say it all the time. But grappling rewind at gmail.com. Happy? Good. I am happy. All right. Anyway, Keenan wrestled. Keenan wrestled. Which he can do. Which he can do, which we've seen. Uh, the match started with that, and he went to do a single leg, tried to run the pipe, and Marillo. Went for the neck for a guillotine, and Keenan let go of that leg real quick. Yeah, you could tell that uh, he didn't want to. Marillo starts to adjust his hands and move up, and Keenan kind of goes, I'm going to let go of this leg and start fighting the hands. Yeah. And he does uh, that. Marillo possesses the deepest voice in all of jiu-jitsu. It's great. You're, you're not 100% sure if you've never heard him talk before. That dude has like a Barry White deep voice. It's awesome. I love listening to that guy talk. Uh, if you're on the East Coast, go to Unity and just take a class and enjoy the dulcet sounds of Marillo Santana. I have no idea how this relates to the guillotine, Josh. <laughs> I just want to talk about his voice because it's awesome. But the guillotine was was kind of in there, and Keenan again had to fight the hands to get out. They pop up. They're going. At, they're you know a lot of hand fighting trying to come in. Keenan snags a single and gets it. And holds him down, gets a you know gets awarded two points. They start on the bottom, and then you know we're getting low on time. And Marillo starts kicking in the engines a little late. Tries to go for X. 
Keenan's got this long sort of weird surfer stance trying to beat it. Yeah, Keenan gets super like that's one thing that's always really surprised me about Keenan is just he's so his legs are so long. That surprised me. It's just he's got some really interesting attributes that let him like guys go to X on him and he can just keep extending, keep extending, keep extending, and he can mess with the angle so that he can like balance himself much more easily in that position. When Keenan was on the East Coast before he became like a household name, he wasn't as lanky as he is now. You know, he was a younger man then, so you can still grow. Uh, he wasn't as lanky, and you know, watching him compete and also getting beat up by him as a purple belt years and years and years ago. Uh, his legs weren't that much of a uh, something to deal with then as they look like they are now. So, man, it sucks for whoever has to compete against yeah, him. That's not deep. named Gordon Ryan. He gets deep in the axe and you just can't get the sweep. And it was really, it was really interesting to watch kind of do hand fighting while Morillo's got him extended in the X and Keenan's just like, cool, bro. I'm going to be super long and just kind of move you out and balance this out. And he does. So that's where we go. He gets uh, he gets the legs and almost goes through. Gets an ad. Ten seconds left. He, Keenan hangs out. Takes the medium heavy division with a takedown. Basically 2-0. Moving on to the middleweights. We had Josh Hanger versus Felipe Silva. And Josh Hanger had just come off a battle with Dante Leon. Or Leon. I, I missed his name every time, and I would forget how they would say it when they did say it. Uh, they had a, a a goddamn war before that, and Michael Lira Jr. You know went at it with Felipe Silva, and again, I'm still it like throws me off that Michael Lira Jr. is at middleweight. I mean, uh, again, when you first started hearing about him, when I first started hearing about him, he was pretty much still a kid, so. Start growing up and getting bigger, I guess. All you do is jujitsu and lift. You're going to get all beefy. So back to Hinger versus Silva. Hinger, boom, right to guard. And keeps going for a single leg X, trying to go for the knee bars. The knee bar is really interesting. He, he goes for it, but he can't quite get the angle on it. He's always got his hip switched a little far out. Kind of, so he can't come around. Hold on a second. Why am I remembering? No, Silver pulled guard. Why am I saying Hinger pulled guard? Silva pulled guard at the beginning of the match, and Hinger was just trying to pass the entire time. See, too much jujitsu fries your goddamn brain, and you forget who you're talking about. Hinger was on top trying to pass the entire time. Silva pulled guard. And they, at, see, you are you can't even remember. <laughs> you're like, wait, what happened? Well, he was on top in the knee bar. I forgot how we got there, Josh. Well, because he was a, cutting the angle trying to get the knee bar. Been a long day at jiu-jitsu. I know. It's been a long three days at jiu-jitsu. It's been a, it's been a lot of jiu-jitsu. We've been trying to break down uh, ACB 9 as well for coverage later Six in hours episode. of like footage. But only five hours and 20, Josh. It's like six hours, whatever. It's the same thing. Hinger was on top trying to go through, and he was just super aggressive passing through, going for double unders. He got into a weird, like, he got to double unders, but Silva started to pull the arm out, and he did this cool little thing where he grabbed the bottom of his shin at so as not to get pulled through, and then he pinned down the leg. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yeah, I saw that. That was really interesting. I want to I kind of watch that again and play with there's that. All, there's all sorts of cool things that are happening when you're like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. 
So he keeps going. Hinger ends up on the top, and he tries to go for a toe hold from a sort of a knee bar position by sitting on top of the hip. Can't really get it. He almost gets past a pass at the very, very end. Real, real close. He's real almost, close. He got the head trap, I think, and he just kind of gets past, just but eked doesn't. out and doesn't and gets an ad for it and wins via advantage and is a repeat champion 2016 and 2017 Nogi World Champion in the middleweight division. And Hinger is not a young dude. He competed at the Masters and Seniors World, so he's... You know, he's over 30 years old, and he's keeping up all with all these young dudes. So it gives me hope. Another Atos guy getting it done. Money. Moving on to the lightweights. AJ Agazarm versus Lachlan Giles. Again, I was watching this, uh, this match in my underwear. Not an uncommon thing for me. I get pretty naked pretty quickly at the end of training, and then I hang out in my underwear. AJ, the entire weekend would score a point and then just move around. Play the points. He was playing the game. He almost got darsed like three times. It just didn't. And AJ beat Lachlan Giles by two. Uh, AJ's been pretty busy on the competition circuit doing SUG and was on Kasai. And so he just kept on moving. And then, you know, Hanata Kanuto, who... Was a breakout star. Again, the dude's only been a black belt for a year. Yeah. Breakout star from... I wouldn't say came out of nowhere. We're just... On the black belt scene. Too, Sorry, as a new, as a new guy in the black belt scene. too fucking stupid to realize who people were. He uh, just won Kasai last weekend. Yep. Just won Kasai last weekend. That beating a bunch of dudes. Mm. So, AJ and Hanato were the finals. And it was pretty much a repeat of... The match of last the weekend. Kas- the Kasai match. You know, AJ AJ is going to be has a little bit of an advantage just with his wrestling background for the IBJJF rules. What do you think about that, Josh? He doesn't use it to his advantage as much as I think he would. Uh, He tried to get in and couldn't really do anything off of it. This is a really odd match from the start. Uh, Canuto moves a ton, a lot, and it's just like he's trying to throw him off, but it's not even like active movement he just kind of like waves his hands in front and then like kind of bobs up and down it's some kind of herky-jerky yeah it's herky-jerky but i mean obviously it works well for him but it's just weird to watch because a lot of the movement is just it seems like extra movement just for the sake of movement it sort of reminds me of that weird uh meme video where that woman (laughs) tries to say she has like estonia something or never, she can run around and she's fine, but as soon as she starts walking, she does that herky-jerky movement. I know tons of people have seen it. You guys are on the computer enough. You're on the, the webs. And if you don't know it, just look it up, and you'll see it, and you'll laugh and think I'm a terrible person for thinking it's funny. But... Uh, Josh, at the end just, of the show, they will not think you're a terrible person for thinking that's funny. They'll just go, that's Josh. <laughs> That that guy's just a naturally a piece of shit. So whatever, but yeah, he's really herky jerky. He's in and out a lot. He he throws a lot of fakes without mixing in the takedown as much as you think he would. Yeah, he kind of throws fakes, but doesn't throw takedowns. And yeah, it's, it was weird. AJ was pretty active. He was always going for the low single. So every time they shoot or AJ shoots, uh, it, they tend to kind of always end up out of bounds. But yeah, it does. It 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 can build up. It can. 
not saying it always does. It can build up advantage points, but if you're so far out to where you finish 10 feet away from the mat or even five feet away from that, they're not giving you anything for it. Right. A lot of times they were finishing, they were not even kind of getting into the meat of the takedown until they were already past the yellow. And so they weren't getting, they weren't getting awarded at the beginning, at least of the match for the takedowns or the start of the takedown or because they were so far off of the uh, play area. Yeah. And then Canuto was racking up ads for these type of things, you know, bumping up and almost getting sweeps or getting those almost takedowns and that puts him up and he knows he's up. So he pulls guard and like 15 seconds later, the medics come, you know, sprinting over and you're like, what's going on? And they quickly show that Canuto's head is bleeding. They zip over and try to see if it was like a clash of heads. They don't have the angle for it. I, I didn't see any head smashing. I couldn't so, tell what it was. What what cuts his head? It's like I, a really I don't, small cut above, like probably two inches above his eyebrow. It it's was like his dead center of the forehead almost. But it wasn't anything that was a big deal. They did what they were supposed to do. They cleaned it up. They cleaned up the area. They wrapped his head like a goddamn mummy and kept it going. Well, they get back up at a certain point and... You know, AJ works guard instead. AJ starts to stand up. Canuto disengages just long enough to where it wouldn't be disadvantageous for him, and then he pulls guard. AJ then, of course, starts looking at the ref like, where's my two points? But doesn't get anything because Yeah, that was right in the line. And then that's where it ended. And Canuto beats him again, and he wins by advantage and is... Lightweight World Nogi Champion 2017. On an advantage, on four advantages. Whatever, it's part of the rules. It is. It just always bothers me when it's part when of the guys, rules. When guys win world championships on advantage. We're, we're going to discuss some of this stuff. We'll it's like have winning a, by Wazari. Well, do you win? You do, but it bothers All right, then me. shut the fuck up. Moving on to the featherweights. Montovani knocked out Grippo. I'm pretty sure Grippo is not a happy person when it comes to these, like making it almost there and then getting bumped out. Cashinho takes out Silvio Duran, and we get Montovani versus Cashinho. I want to just say that Cashinho is like a goddamn soccer player. I did not see anything that hit him. He might have been accidentally partially poked in the eye. Not even that hard, but that motherfucker sold that like they ripped out his fucking eye and smashed him in the face with a hammer. Oh, he did. He sold it well. Like He had me looking at the replay going, like, where? what's he get hit with? I mean, he might have got hit. The angle was a little funny. No, but I don't know. He just acted it, he was, it up. He said it was bleeding, too. I later. didn't see any blood. I didn't either, but he, I, I will give him, like, he was touching his face even during the match. Like, he kept touching his face, like, touching his face, like, touching his face. And and if he poked him in the eye, that shit can suck. I mean, as somebody has received multiple eye injuries I got poked from this week, it was terrible. I mean, where I've, I've, I've had to go to the eye doctor. Are you in the goggles for, like, months, I weren't yeah, you? Yeah, I, I wore Rex Specs for a while before it started destroying my face. And I just said, fuck it, I might lose an eye. I, you know, sorry to my cousin, who's my eye doctor, who told me not to not wear my rec specs, but those shits almost broke my nose, and I had a constant cut and black eye for the three months that I wore them. You look hilarious, though. I'm a fucking funny-looking guy to begin with. So, anyway, <laughs> back to this, and Cachino 
comes out like nothing fucking happened, which I expected him to. And he goes, it goes right back into it. And then boom, he's on an arm lock quick and escape. And they, you go for a toehold right after that. And you see Kishino keep touching his, his eye and keeps going. And that it, it, it put a little stain on the match where he kept doing that, where he was, it felt like he was trying to get sympathy points. I, I don't know. It, it bothered me. So Maine, do you want to, do you want to keep going on that one? So Cajinho, 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 something about cheese. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. Keeps, um, he, I think twice in the match, he does this really interesting pass on the commentator team brought it up when he does it. He will be in like the bottom of half guard, and will like lock his legs and belly down, and then he will like back up on his hands into a pass. It was a really interesting pass. I've I've not really I've not really seen it a ton before. They talked about it. Um, I don't see a lot of guys do it. It has to do something with like the body mechanics of some people basically can't do it. But it was a really interesting pass, and it worked a couple times. He's able to sweep with it. How is it a pass, and he was sweeping with it? I don't know how these points work. <laughs> it was a pass, so they gave him points for it. <laughs> so he comes on top for a guillotine, and... He jumped back like three sentences in his notes, and he's already lost himself. Well, my notes say he gets shot, <laughs> which I don't believe happened. You never know. The way he was acting, he could have gotten yeah, shot. Yeah, so Cajinho escapes, uh, gets super passing again, Um and at this point, the match is over on the broadcast. You don't get two points for passing the guard. So he did not pass. Anyway, Cushinio is hitting sweeps. It goes back and forth. He's using that really nifty position. That main is another thing that he's going to work on. I didn't say I was going to work on it. I said it was interesting. You'll work on it. Probably. You're going to work on it. And he comes up. The time is off on the broadcast. The match ends. Cushinio is up 4-2. to two. Featherweight world champion, Nogi. So moving on to the light featherweight category. Zhao Miao, one half of the Kitty Cat Brothers. The one versus, not suspended currently. Yeah. Versus Lucas Pinero. Uh, they have competed against each other a bunch. Awesome match. Uh, Zhao sits guard. <laughs> no surprise to anyone ever. Yeah, and I've never seen him do a takedown. I have actually seen him do a takedown, but it's, you have seen him do. A it's rare, though. Whatever, you know. What is he good at? Guard. Yeah, he's really good. Sweep at guard. people. That's what's up. Um, Maine was very intrigued by his ears because that's a little footnote in his uh, in his, in the notes. They've gotten worse though. Hey, when like, you're dude, just smashing heads into each other and that, just fucking ears, turning like that over, one ear is growing another meow. When you have a mirror of yourself and all you do is train and sleep on beanbags and play Xbox occasionally and lift heavy things, your ears are going to look fucked up. Like, I'm sorry you can't be about that life. Josh, I got a real job. They do too. It's called jujitsu. You know, I'm sorry that you have to be a poop scientist, but these motherfuckers don't. And that's that. So... (laughs) So, Joao ends up, it's a lot of back and forth thing with, you know, going tit for tat for sweeps, which always happens. But 
Joao started coming up into a footlock from 50-50, which was cool where he was just going at it and then starts to try to bail out to the back. Um, Joao was flinging legs like nobody's business. It's pretty even for most of the match until Joao finally kind of gets something going, finally gets the leg entanglement that he's looking for, and basically ends up like, not he didn't bear a bowl to the back, but the best way is like, he's that rolling back take. He did that crab ride. Yeah. He hit that crab ride and then got to the back and started fighting for the rear naked choke. Went straight up like MMA-style hand-on-hand at first and couldn't get it. And then Panera stands up, which sort of confused me. Why would he stand up? I I don't know. I'd rather try to stay on the mat and fight it than stand up because that squirrely motherfucker is going to be all over you. Because he just, as soon as he starts to stand up, he kind of like commits his body weight forward, moves his hands down really slightly, and Jarrell goes, cool, free neck. Grabs his neck, and as soon as basically... He just choked him. Good yeah, on him. As soon as he stood up fully, he was just choked, and he tapped. and so Fairly quickly, right after it was locked in. So uh, Xiao Miao is now your featherweight, featherweight champion. Nope, light featherweight. It's got the word featherweight, but light featherweight. World so, champion. Sh- Moving on to the Roosterweight division, we had Kyle Terra versus... Oh, say it, say it, say it. Say uh, it. I just deleted his last name from my notes, Josh. Say Hashimoto? his name. Say oh. the first name. Toko Yuri. Oh, where's the R in Toko Yuri? Toko Yuki. Toko Yuki Hashimoto. Is that his you name? Talking about that guy. Is that his name? No, Josh? I don't think his name is Toko Yuki. So we get to see Hashimoto last week on ACB nine. ACB JJ nine. So in the Roosterweight Finals, we had Kyotera versus Tomoyuki Hashimoto. I'm gonna call him Hashimoto, Josh. I, okay, that's fine. Tomoyuki, I'm going to call him that. I'm going to throw you off. I can't say Tomoyuki. <laughs> you just did. Bravo, sir. Tomoyuki Hashimoto is out of Carpe Diem BJJ, uh, is a tiny little dude, plays Baron Bolo, plays the guard. He's primarily a gi guy. Hey, whatever. You can still switch. I'm primarily a gi guy, and I've competed a lot more in no gi than I have in the gi when it comes to bigger competition. So eh, you just do what you got to do. Uh, Kayo was not having any of this De La Hiva Barambolo game at all. And Hashimoto was even more props to him for just saying, ah, fuck it. You know, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to work my game and I'm going to get there. Yeah, I give Hashimoto tons of credit. He was so close to past so many times in this match, and he would open his hips up and push his knees and legs back in and stop Kyle with the last second from passing and just regard and regard and regard. And Kyle would move past, move past, move past, and Hashimoto would draw his leg back up. And And then the cameraman would cut away to something that was completely irrelevant. Yeah, that was weird. At one point, they were in the middle of the match, and they cut away to Kaiotero's flags. Like, his team has, like, flags. and So now the match we're watching is in a very small uh, picture-in-picture window in the corner, and there's a giant flag and a woman from his team holding a giant Kaiotero flag. I'm like, okay, this is, this is a later thing you show. This isn't where you show it in the small picture-in-picture window. You don't take away from the match we're watching right now because they're doing stuff. They're not stalling. They're in the middle of doing leg stuff. Please I think go the back cameraman to that was eating a sandwich and was like, hey, this is interesting while I eat this sandwich. I don't know. <laughs> Making that up. So Hashimoto, again, crazy legs. His knees bent in ways that should not have been bent. Kept going. 
And Kayo, again, just didn't care. Just it was like, move, get out of my way. I'm trying to come through. He, he's going for footlocks. He's trying to beat up, you know, Hashimoto's legs, kill that flexibility, and just... At one point, uh, Hashimoto goes to De La X, which is something you don't see a whole lot of guys go to because he's got the longer legs, but he's also, because he's such a, like a leg weave player, he's able to get to that position. Yeah, but that's that was the entire match of Kaio just defeating everything that Hashimoto threw at him. And he get mad. You know, and Kaio just racking up the advantages, taking on the rooster weight Nogi World Championship and supposedly retiring from competition, Nogi competition. I, I, I don't know. His um, post was a little ambiguous, but supposedly he's retiring now. We talked about news earlier. It came out. He posted it on Instagram. People on Reddit were talking about it. I'm pretty sure there's a thread on Sherdog already about it as well. Keep an eye out on Tomoyuki Hashimoto because that guy moves. He gave Samir Shantri a run for his money in ACB. That was so, a good match. That was a, it was. That was a good match last weekend. And um, that that sort of wraps up what was going on. And for the men's division. For the men's division. Uh, we are about to get into the female's division. The, the female division in just a second. I forgot the absolute. So the absolute finals was Zhao Gabriel versus Lucas Holka Barbosa. Uh, this match was more herky jerkiness by Barbosa, and Zhao Gabriel's doing Ushimadas to him out of bounds and not getting anything for it. So, so Gabriel, I mean, so uh, Hulk would go for a double leg, and then I think the first one Zhao Gabriel hits a pretty nice Ushimada off it, but there's again they've way out of moved bounds. so far off the mat. There's no nothing for it. It happens a couple times. Zhao Gabriel, they even showed in replay him like shaking his head like, nah, you ain't taking me down. Yeah, at one point Hulk shoots a super good double leg and Zhao just stuffs it with double unders. It was it, it was, was impressive to watch him stuff that as aggressively as he did. But he got a taste of his own medicine when he came in and Hulk They said he pancaked him. Uh, yeah, that, or it wasn't a cement mixer cause he wasn't, he didn't have his head, you know, he just you know, turned him over and just flattened him out and got the takedown for it. And Zhao Gabriel was not happy about that or the fact that, uh, Hulk started moving around the mat a little bit and wasn't really engaging as much. Uh, so he got kind of pissed about that. He went to guard at a certain point and Hulk just hung out and wins by that pancake takedown two points and becomes the absolute champion of 2017 Nogi Worlds. Moving on to the women's divisions, we're going to start with light featherweight. Patty Fontes, a name we've talked about before, versus, give me the name, Josh. Livia Gluchowska, who is from Absolute MMA in Australia. So, Patty sits guard, and Livia immediately starts trying to come through with the knee cut. Uh, we just rewatched it to double-check our notes, and I've got my Sharona running in my head right now. So, she kept trying to push through and ends up getting into like a quarter guard. But Patty, being from Checkmat, is probably trained with Lucas Leach a little bit, comes up into that dogfight position and does that uh, back roll 
uh, uh, back roll half guard sweep. Yeah, I know it is a crazy roll, but I learned it as. Uh, Just it's Lucas Leach like sweep or old school kind of sweep where you roll back over it, whatever you want to call Basically, it. Basically, your opponent's pushing into you, and you roll underneath them, and then yeah, you, you come up on top. From it. Uh, Livia still has a... Or Livia grabs a, a Kimura grip and is fighting that, and Patty wasn't having any of that, and she's been a super active competitor these past few weeks. We've seen her on a bunch of fight to wins. So she comes up, comes through, cuts the corner, and nails an armbar. What was really f- funny was... The ref like runs in and does the stop and neither of them stop because they both know that nothing's happened. And the ref's like, I'm going to pretend that didn't happen. And then Patty finishes the arm bar and the ref, you know, does the stop again. And Patty takes it for the win. Light feather, no gi world champion. Moving on to female featherweight, we have Talita Alencar versus Yasmin Wilson. Seen Talita Alencar, I think, a couple weeks ago. One fight like to win. Two weeks ago, yeah. And, yep. and Yasmin, you've seen on the Polaris cards. She is a really gritty competitor out of Hodger Gracie's. Uh, it, you know, she's no slouch. It's not just some random chick that shows up and happens to make it into the finals, you know. She she put up a really good fight against Talita. It was good. So Talita comes out fast, uh, sits sits guard, close guard as she does. So one thing I see whenever I see Alan Carr compete, she always comes out super fast, like yeah. super fast, super movement, super aggressive. We I mean we talk about it all the time, and some of the times it doesn't work to her advantage because she blows herself out a little bit. She blows up uh, in pro wrestling speak. She blows herself up, but she's working through that, I guess, or just knows where to come out aggressively. And Alan Carr, you know, grabs an omoplata and from there goes for an arm bar. And wasn't an arm look like it just popped out. And they said it like this look. It, I can't tell. It looked like she might have just turned the angle, but the commentary staff and everyone keeps saying that it popped. And so they said they heard it pop too, which... You know, I'm inclined to believe it popped, but from my angle, it kind of looked like that she just kind didn't of look pretty. The angle, oh, it looked like it sucked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, Wilson gets out of that somehow, and Toledo goes into guard, and she she does this weird move where it makes Toledo just go for the calf slicer and comes on top and gets her sweet points. Immediately continues. She's known to be aggressive, so she's going to keep going to fight to try to get the submission. The submission. That's finish and submission mixed together. Submission. And comes over the side to... Uh, God, I'm fucking up now because I've said submission. You're, you're going to have a bitch of a time editing this. It cannot be worse than the one we watched, Sug and EBR Live. It can't be worse than that. Fuck it. Trash. Let's go. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Anyway... They they keep moving, and Talita goes for the back, gets her four points, and she keeps on the move. She goes to body triangle. Wilson escapes. They come back to the feet. I mean, it was an awesome match to watch. Uh, she Talita goes for a scrambly outside single and gets it, and then goes for double unders and tries to get up for the uh, the pass, and then tries to go to mount into the sub in the dying seconds. Either way, super aggressive, super awesome match to watch. 
Talita Alencar, who's been on a tear, is oh, yeah. your featherweight Nogi world champion. I actually missed the end of this match if it was an eight to ten or if it, eight to zero or a ten to zero or more than that to zero. The they awarded points, but they didn't seem like they were done awarding points when they took off from the broadcast the points. So I'm not exactly sure how much by points she won, but it was at least eight to zero. Yeah, no, really good showing for her. I would actually recommend rewatching this match. It was a fun back and forth match um, that Alan Carr just ran right with the points. Moving on to the lightweight, we had Heather Rafferty versus Jenna Bishop. The only all-American female final. Exciting. That's never happened before. Really? Never? Never. That's outstanding. As far as I'm aware. Josh, that would be fantastic. Um, Indeed it would. So this match starts with Bishop jumping closed guard. Um, Bishop scores two for the scramble. Bishop gets the go-behind pass. Uh, really nice turnaround. It switches the hips to side control. Um, Bishop looks like she knees Heather in the head like twice. Who gives a shit? I'm not sure. It's a contact sport. What I was more amused about is the commentary team is her husband and Sean Williams. And her husband's like, I know he's probably in there clawing at the table trying to yell and giving commentary. Bishop just moves. She goes up. She gets her sweeps. She gets her pass. Right, so she's up seven to two, and then doesn't she sort of backs off a little bit, uh, which makes sense that you're up, you have a nice commanding lead, you're going to be a little less aggressive, don't want to fall into the sub. It's just gamesmanship. Yeah, she she ends up almost getting guillotined, but pulls out of it really quick, and ends and wins the All American World Championship there, so wins the Nogi World Championship in the lightweight division. 7-2 by points. So moving on to the middleweights, we had Catherine Furrow-Perete versus Raquel Canuto. We saw Raquel uh, two weeks ago on Kasai. Last week on Kasai. Was it last week? Last week. You're all blending together, Josh. All blending together. So Raquel comes out aggressive, gets double-legged by Catherine, and as they're going off the mat, Raquel grabs a super hard high elbow guillotine that looks like she's going to finish, and they roll, they go off the mat, and so they stop it. So the ref gives her two points for that. Um, and they're tied 2-2. Raquel goes for another guillotine off a shot. Um, You're going to hear this throughout the rest of the podcast. We are burnt out from watching all of this so th- this is going to be cut up so poorly it's going to be great and we apologize for that we try we attempt to produce a, we uh, try to be professional but you can tell we're a roaming band of idiots yeah it's sunday night at about eleven thirty-five, and uh I've josh and i've been up six. since early in the morning and so it's a bit of a long day for us it's a long day anyway you know this is again another aggressive match they get reset uh, and there's a big headbutt from Raquel off the shot. <laughs> and this is always amusing to hear other people talk about, but the big giant dread ball that she has on the top of her head because she ties up her dreads. Uh, this is Catherine. Yeah. She, uh, Raquel keeps using it like a little lever. Yeah. And keeps like grabbing the top of the, her dreads and like turning her head when she's trying to get head control. And it's, I think it's perfectly legal. Is it like that NFL rule where you can grab the hair if it's actually, hanging outside I, I of the helmet? The IBJJF has. There's no hair pulling rules. rule. It's I not mean, hair pulling. You she's can't not hair pulling pull. the hair, but if 
you're blocking the top of your head where I can put my hand legally with a large ball of hair similar size to your head. I don't wouldn't see any issue. I'm taking the grip, goddammit. Yeah, I thought it was really funny, though, as well. I think this match, or one of the other women's matches, uh, the finals, ref the refs had a very specific hand gesture for ladies, please put your hair back and please reset your hair. It's like it's a little like it looks like a little hair tie gesture. I'm not sure if it's an official IBJJF gesture, but both is. women knew exactly what it was, and the match kind of stopped. Is. They fixed their hair and uh, came back. I just never have seen the women fix your hair gesture before. I wish it was like jazz hands in front of your face, where it's just like ooh, and you Josh can't see me. Jazz hands right yeah, you, you can't see what I'm doing because it's audio, and you know I'm an idiot for doing that. But Raquel wins with two ads on a two-two tie. So under the medium heavy results for this event. None, because nobody was in medium heavy. Nobody wanted to make the medium heavy weight. Which is 158. So no medium heavy. So I'm going to say I was the medium heavy female black belt, no gi world champion. Josh, I don't think you make 158. Just saying. I could totally make 158 pounds. Josh, would you walk around right now? Right now? Right now. Oh, after the holidays? I'm like 195. Just saying. Can't make 158. Uh, oh, in the time frame. Don't threaten me with a good time. So the heavyweight division, which has no weight, we saw Jessica Flowers versus versus Anna Laura Gonclavas. Gonsalves. Gonsalves. And that didn't happen because it was a closeout. So Jessica Flowers takes the win. And the absolute was the same thing as the heavyweight class. And Anna, I believe, took that one. That is correct. So Anna took that one. They closed out again. They're both from Gracie Baja. So there were no, like finals matches for that yeah. that that was a bummer yeah it, one third of your female matches and a new closeout and two of the divisions had those these two women close out and so it, it just bothered me there's a very there's not a lot of competitors for the black belts and it just bothers me when you get closeouts at the high level because you're robbed of more jujitsu that we have to watch and make half ass notes on yeah josh i'm upset <laughs> Lame. So on to the complaining and bitching section of the podcast. Um, <laughs> we saved this so you guys would have to listen to us talking about our ragtag put together of what was going on with the. I just there's so the many worlds. problems with with this with the broadcast of this event and the way this event ran. First of all, day one, let's talk about how much the fucking stream sucked. Yeah, end of, end of day one, it was finally better. shit. But the beginning of day one, it was... It was it garbage. Was unwatchable. Oh, points. my God. It drove me fucking insane. Where I was trying to watch a match, and all of a sudden, it jumped ahead four and a half minutes, and I was like, what What the fuck just happened, huh? And then it would jump back to, the, like, ten seconds after, before the jump. It was very confusing. We're trying to cover it. We're trying to watch it, and we can't. What it's, the fuck? It's possible to, to watch live events that are buffering and don't do it's it's not like flow has to be aware at least flow grappling the jujitsu one because i've not really had these problems with you know the wrestling or any other part of it it's really the grappling so i don't know what they're doing and they have to be aware that the internet the jujitsu internet fucking hates them they need to fix it they do a bad job and they charge for a premium product yeah that's that's one of the big gripes but they're not it doesn't seem like they're investing more into it this seems this is the same thing that the people have problems with IBJJF for it seems i mean it's obviously it's a company it's for profit but you're not 
making the experience better. You're making it worse. They redid the website. It's shittier. Like it's hard to find matches. Now you need to go into results and go one by one to find these matches. You know, you can click on it and you have to wait a couple of days and you hit videos and the videos, you know, are aggregated in one area, but they're not in any sort of semblance of match order or anything like that. They just throw them on there. So there's, to... there's no bracketing. They're just there's just a bunch of matches. So if you want to go find a specific match, well, this and... is for this is for anything when they put up fight to win or they put up anything else. Well, they did ADCC qualifiers a couple of years ago last year, and my buddy's matches just gone. Like he was in the qualifier and like he did he was doing well in one of the trials, and his matches are just gone. And and that's the other thing is they don't want you to film any of that, and they'll you know hit you with cease and desist on YouTube or report your Facebook page or whatever. That's not a way to be friendly with the jujitsu community, and the jujitsu community does not forget about this shit. I mean, look at Metamorris, how they shit the bed and started charging people. The internet went wild. Like, people complained about it a lot. They went after them, Better Business Bureau. They went after the company that they ran their credit card charges through, all of that stuff. If you keep doing this, you're going to end up becoming a product that isn't used at all. You're going to have your people that still use it and their people are going to fuck. I have to pay $25 for one month just to watch the world or whatever. Cause they don't want to spend $150 to just have it for a year and have an inferior product. You know, I, I want flow to succeed, but they need to work on things to be better for the user. You can't tell me you reworked the website and you made the website harder to navigate. Like significantly harder to navigate, like not like a little bit, but like it's hard to find things. And it's like you show jujitsu and jujitsu matches. Like this, you should have a search system that can do that. I, I'm going to guarantee you that there are not a whole lot of astrophysicists in the jujitsu community. So you don't have Neil deGrasse Tyson's all over the place able to whiz through this website with ease. You know, most of us are just regular dudes trying or ladies trying to figure out a website and try to get things and trying to consume. If you want us to consume as much as possible and use your product as much as possible, make it user friendly. The other thing that bothers me a ton is a lot of the matches, like even the quarterfinals, like matches with the big names with the guys that have made it through these big brackets at black belt. There are the camera angles are super terrible. So I'm looking at the end, a guy at the end of a mat, far away from a camera with a low-angle camera, and I'm trying to figure out what this world-class competitor is doing with his hands. I'm like, I cannot, I can't tell what he's doing. Like, I can't see the match that I'm trying to, to look at. And that's partially why on this episode we didn't cover a ton of the quarterfinals because some of them are really, really hard to watch. Unwatchable. We're going to have to go back, and if I want to go watch them, go back and like spend serious time looking at, okay, where is he? Okay, what's he doing? Because can't, you can't see it. And that's the other thing, too, with even the lower belts, you know, blue through brown, where you're not allowed to put that on Facebook or YouTube. You'll get hit with a cease and desist. You'll get reported. It's like, well, what the, f- what the, what the hell? I have to pay for your site now to, to watch any of this stuff? Or to show people my matches that are not posted. You know, again, be more friendly to your consumers. Don't dick your consumers over. I understand you're trying to make money off of a product, but don't dick your consumers over because they will turn on you and then you will have nothing. But also don't don't dick the guys over that are 
in the matches that are unpaid that are like a, a blue belt guy. It's like, okay, he can't film his match now because you have his match and he can't now show his match and like and have that because you have that and you're now charging people to watch his match. People are still going to record that shit. They're going to figure out ways to how to record it and you're not going to stop them from recording it. I, you know, you can see the, oh, there's no recording. If I just bring my iPad over and you just think I'm on my iPad and nobody's really watching, I can hit record on that and record my match. And if you touch my personal property, then we have an issue because you're touching something that does not belong to you. So that's our gripe with them, you know, and they're just put, you're getting all this money, supposedly. Money. You're making a, a decent chunk of change. And the product is just not there for the amount of money. And Invest in your system. There should not be buffering issues with your streaming. There should not be At like all. production issues. There shouldn't be production issues. Which I think is an IBJJF issue. It's some of their, you know, some of their other shit, whatever's going on. It's it's annoying is what it is. And it makes you not want to use the product or it makes you want to borrow your buddy's password to Flow Grappling and be like, uh, I don't feel like paying for this anymore. Can I uh, watch it when you're not watching it? Yeah. You know, it's like sharing your Netflix login. You know, not everybody has Netflix. Why? Because you can have up to like four accounts on Netflix before they get all pissy about it. People are going to start doing that. You know, they're just going to start sharing accounts because they don't want to pay for it. And again, it's going to drop your subscriptions. It's going to drop whatever. Invest back in it. And the people will invest back in you. So moving on from gripes about flow to gripes with IBJJF. And everybody's got problems with them for some reason or another, you know. Oh, you, oh, oh name your, pick your reason, Josh. Pick your reasoning, and it, it goes on. You know, it's a for-profit company, so don't say you're the best thing in the world and you're for-profit and you're not doing anything for the community that you're servicing. We have a bunch of world, got people, women, men and women today that were crowned world champions. They got zero dollars hey they got like a ten dollar medal and a bouquet of flowers awesome Josh. they had to spend at least a thousand dollars on flowers okay at least a thousand dollars awesome <laughs> and unless you were a former world champion you had to pay to register yep and you had to pay for membership card yep and you had to pay to get spectators in yep and you had to pay for a kai which is i i didn't i didn't even catch that so i'm glad i didn't say yep to whatever the fuck you were just talking about a kai what the hell is that? Isn't that the fruit thing? Oh my god, you're a moron. Acai. It's acai. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. Give me a second. <laughs> um Jesus. There's a lot of things that they can invest in. They're they're making money hand over fist. Like you they, gotta do, pay what? you gotta pay do people one more paid tournament a year? New York Two. Pro? Two? Well, no, a couple then. Like they do a three couple. They do, four. they do a couple paid They're not paying a out a whole lot of money in the scheme of things. The amount of money that they're taking in and that's not factoring in, you know, their costs of renting out places, so on and so forth. You're making your money back renting out these places and carrying your mats to wherever. Invest more in it. Continuously bring people in to adjust your rule set to make jujitsu more exciting, to make the jujitsu people stay in jujitsu. Make it worth their while, not just running an academy or traveling across the world to do seminars, which sounds fucking awesome to me, but that doesn't mean you're making a shitload of money either. So 
help invest back into the community that you're servicing. But this has been a thing they've talked about for how many years? Who knows? I just found it, what, 2002? This has been an issue probably from 2003 on. IBJJF? Yeah. No, they've been around longer than that. Uh, The World Championships started in the 90s, so... Right. You know, they've been doing this for years, and again, you're saying you're the best thing, but, you know, you're not helping your community out at all. You're not really evolving the rules at all. At the lights are still fire in IBJJF, Josh. If you if you if someone were to push their knee across someone's center line, it would explode every knee in the convention center, Josh. They have well, to no, they, they, you aggressively. They, they they change the rules on that a little bit to where it's like they're not gonna instantaneously they're like, Nope, nope. I don't care if it was an accident or not, you're DQ'd. They change that a little bit, but they need to do an overhaul of the rules in general. You need to have heel hooks in nogi at a world championship level. At the black belt level, yeah, I think, you know. Like how is that even it's 2017. How is that even a discussion we're having like, oh, you can't do this move. It's too And you're saying it's it's injuring something or another. That's the you point. Know, people people get injured from knee bars. People get injured from foot locks. Look at Hamalo Bahal's foot from this year's Worlds. That shit got fucked up bad. You know, it was hanging in a goofy position. People get cuts and bruises and their arms broken. And it's a contact sport. This shit's going to happen. A heel hook, if you're smart, and you can only do it, you can put it as only a no-gi. Like, this heel hook is only a no-gi thing. Fine. It's, it adds another thing to it. If you don't want to have reaping still, okay, you can still heel hook without the reap. But, but my, th- my problem is, at a high level, like, if... If you have a no-gi event, an advanced or black belt no-gi event, and you do not have reaping and heel hooks, it's just, it takes away so much from... You can heel hook without the reap. You you can do it. Yes, you can. Definitely. You can. And I don't, and I also think, I also think that it's not going to be that much of an issue if you have the reap in, if you have the reap in the competition, because most people are smart enough not to just hang out like at a black belt level it's not it shouldn't be a question if you're competing for IBJJF at a black belt level you've determined okay I'm going to compete at a high level at black belt I'm not just going to be a regular hobbyist black belt that goes in like you understand these guys are serious they're good they're going to try to mess you up yeah and I, that's something they need to but the 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 rules in general you know some things need to be added yes some things need to be taken out yes but they need to be revamped and looked at almost on a yearly basis, if not yearly, every other year, biannually, whatever. I just think it's a problem when you have a rule set that's not advancing, that's not, it, or at this at a snail speed. You it's, have a rapidly evolving. The sport. rules are not geared towards submission, which causes an issue with you personally. Yeah. You. you you want to see the submission? Hey, I want to see the no, submission I want to see too. Guys, I want to see submission. I want to see the guys working for a submission. We had a bunch of matches. We had a bunch of guys that today were crowned world champions that did not attempt a single submission, like a real submission, in their finals match. And that's again the level of the competitors. But no one's going to go for a footlock from if you can't pass the guard because if that guy comes up, he gets two points for a sweep. Uh, it's gamesmanship, though. It is you gamesmanship. Gotta work, you have to work within the rule set that you are given. But the rule set... And we've had... We we've, we've have text message conversations about this stuff. And I brought up Wagner Hosha. Oh, look. We're bringing Wagner up again. He, he games the EBI rules perfectly for him. 
Yes. He takes it to overtime almost every single time and wins in overtime. That doesn't gain him anything financially. And it, you know, what's happened the, the last time, EBI-wise, he, he didn't get any money and, and then he lost. Combat Jiu-Jitsu won. Yeah, he got some money for that, but still... You know, you can't always. There's therein lies the issue. Is it a financial thing or is it a, or, or a respect thing? Because then these guys don't care. If it's all about the prestige of having this title, then that's all there is to it. It doesn't matter how they get it; they get it. Right. Same thing with world championships. If you win it on an ad or you win it by submission, you have that behind you. Yeah, I understand that, and I think it's. I think the merit and the prestige of the thing will always hold. I'm just saying. Are we really seeing the best submission grappling in the world under this rule set? We're seeing the best submission grappling in this rule set. Same thing with when it comes to ADCC. You're seeing the that one's a little bit better where I feel it's the, the top tier of no-gi competition. ADCC also looks at their rules and changes their rules every two years. Every time they have an event, they have big rule changes, and they go, okay, what worked last time? The Sheik looks at it and goes, what didn't work this the time? The Sheik doesn't well, doesn't look at it. The rule committee looks at it, and even then, those guys sometimes don't even know the fuck they're refereeing about. So yeah, I agree. some of those guys don't even know what they're doing. You need to continuously evolve your rule set, and you have to make sure that everybody that's at least helping you run the tournament knows what they're doing. Uh, I, shout out here, U.S. Grappling does that. They run referee certification clinics all the time, and they make sure that you're up to date on your rules and you know how to score and all these things, and you're not flustered by you know, Joe Schmo yelling at you in the corner saying you don't know how to ref when they're asking for sweeps off of reversals. You know, And it's a continuously evolving thing. And it's like, here, there's this. Have any questions? Ask these. Let's go over this. Go to the rules meeting. Go to the rule clinic. Do whatever. But you have to evolve it to make it still exciting. You're going to have those matches where it's like, oh, God. I've been on the receiving end of a white belt, no time limit, sub-only match where it was like an hour and a half long. I've also been on the receiving end of an hour and a half long brown belt match. Because it was sub only, true sub only, not like, hey, we've got a set time limit. Literally, this match will go until somebody taps. Or quits. An hour and a half. And there have been longer matches. I think the longest is like oh, I don't know, three hours. Three hours for them, yeah. Yeah. I'm but, not saying that's the right that's the best rule set either. I'm just saying we watching different some strokes, of these matches, different folks. But some of these matches today, I don't think we saw the best Nogi Jiu Jitsu in the world. I think we saw We saw the best IBJJF no gi jiu-jitsu in the world. Which I think has some significant problems that are being more and more highlighted by. You look at ADCC. Like, you had good guys this year that were like, oh, I'll go to ADCC and like did the trials and they didn't show up to the Worlds. Some. And some of those things is a money thing. And this was brought up earlier in personal conversation where Maine and I were talking about uh, Mansur Kara, Munch, where he was like, I didn't do this because there's no money behind it. He went that, to Kasai. He said he had some sort of injury, and he's like, yeah, there's money Kasai. I'll do Kasai, but I'm not going to do Worlds because if I, it's a pride thing, is what he said, and there's no money in it. And that's what rubs me the wrong way about things where people that – and don't get me wrong. Munch is a name. People know who he is. But what has he accomplished at the black belt level? 
I'll take that silence as, as, as the answer. It's like he, he's okay. You've won ADCC trials. You've, that didn't go anywhere. You've, you know, you've done all these other things. You've taken things at Brown belt. You've, he, he may or may not be. Nope. I don't think he has a world championship at black belt. Uh, no gi wise. He's a pan champion at, at black belt, but you know, we're in an era of what have you done for me now? And, and he hasn't done much for me now. And don't get the whole Dylan Dennis vibe where you become like a giant dickhead. Same thing with AJ Agazarm. Don't go down that route of trying to be the bad guy of jujitsu on purpose because it thinks it's, it's going to create controversy and get you more things. Just people are going to think you're a dick. So it's, Everything needs to be evolved and changed and looked at continuously to make it better. But the real thing is these companies need to, these uh, events, these, these bodies, whatever we're referring to, they need to invest back into it to help grow the jujitsu scene. You can pause it. I see you hovering. So that ends our uh, complaining section of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, talk to us. Get interactive with us. Let us know what your gripes are. We, we're fairly good at responding. We both have phones. These notifications pop up and let us know. We'll respond back to you. We have the email. We'll respond via email. We'll talk about it on the podcast. It, if you have a gripe, let us know. If you think we're stupid for having this gripe... Also let us know. Let us know. Like I'm, I'm not afraid of being called a retard or an idiot or anything like that because it happens all the time. So, you know, get interactive with us, but this wraps up, this pretty much wraps up the season for competition. This there we're, we're, we're moving into a drought, which is beneficial towards us a little bit because it gives our brains a chance to relax and not consume as much. And I'm saying that right now. And, Next week, we're going to be doing a top 10 match, personal top 10 match, what we thought were the best 10 matches of 2017. We got some good ones planned, too. Yeah. Um, Where it's getting into that season of, you know, if you're older, your kids are out of school because Christmas time. If you're going on that last minute vacation, you're going, you know, your gym's taking a break. By the way, if you're on the East Coast near the Maryland area, by all means, stop by Baltimore BJJ. We are opened a lot around the holiday times. We will probably be... Somebody will be doing a Christmas open mat. Um, So, you know, if you're in the area, swing by. We're super friendly and open mat type stuff. And, you know, just train through that. But again, we're going to be doing... Top 10 matches, top 10 matches of Josh and top 10 matches of Maine. Uh, you might hate them. Again, send in what you think we should be looking at as the top 10 matches. Also, I'm going to give them a quick shout out because I think this is a company that's doing something that's giving back to jiu-jitsu. Sink Swim Jiu-Jitsu Collective. Uh, right now, T-shirts, stickers, doing interviews, video interviews. 
they're trying to move forward a grassroots kind of thing with jujitsu. So support them. They have a, a Reddit thread where they'll send you a sticker if you send them a message. And one of the people that runs that is going to hate me for telling you to do that. But it's getting them out there. They have some pretty cool designs. They have the website, which is sinkswimjujitsu.com. If I'm not mistaken, uh, we can edit that out and I can put in something. But I'm pretty sure it's sinkswimjujitsu.com. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode of The Grappling Rewind. We will be back with our top 10 next week. As always, you can email us at thegrapplingrewind at gmail.com. You can check us out on Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, and pretty much anywhere you can find Facebook podcasts. We're on Facebook, Grappling Rewind. Instagram. Grappling Rewind. Twitter. Grappling Rewind. Reach out to us on social media. If you got something that you want us to cover, you want to clarify, you know, we are here. You want to tell us we're idiots. Hey, let us know. You want us to pronounce your name correctly? Let us know. Subscribe. Subscribe on the YouTube page. Leave us a review. Helps us out a lot. It helps us out. And, you know, it eventually will help you out. We like to give back. We're doing this as something that isn't done. So help us help you. Again, as always, I'm Josh. I'm Maine. And this is the Grappling Rewind Podcast. We'll see you on the mats.